This is Chris, and welcome to NRVR's VR UX 101 series. Today I'm speaking with Andy Shen. Andy is uh, working on Project Zenith, Zenith I believe, and um, welcome. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Cool. So, um, cool avatar, by the way. Let's talk about <laughs> um, Project Zenith. Let's, for the uninitiated, un, un, what is it? How did it get started? And, you know, walk me through that for really quick. Um, well, Zenith is a massively multiplayer online game that we're building specifically uh, for VR, um, and it's going to be cross-platform on all the all the different VR platforms uh, on desktop and and the Quest and the Quest Two. Um, and you know, we're we're building it. Uh, it's going to be a a massively it's going to be massive world. Um, you know, it's it's inspired by JRPGs and anime, uh, but it's you know. We're both Lauren and I are huge fans of, of that genre and games like Final Fantasy XIV and Nier Automata. So we wanted to build something that um, you know that's really that's that 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 brings us as close as we can to the MMO experience within VR. Yeah. So you already mentioned some of your some of your inspirations for Zenith and Nier Automata is one of the most I would say it's most underrated games that i've ever come across it's just so and it's just and it's one of those games where like it's you got to turn on your brain for a minute because it's like there's more to it than sexy androids and robots like there's there's this very deep lore and i i just feel like more people should try it um and but but and so on the that's like sort of on the video game and it feels like there's going to be some gameplay mechanics that will kind of uh, in the world might have some inspiration from it. But I'm also curious to know more about like, um, you know, in terms of the UX for it, like um, any everything covering the UI, everything covering sort of like uh, just a general experience and the feeling of the game. Like, you know, what do you have any anime uh, inspirations that is, is perhaps Sword Art Online in there or any other like cyberpunk kind of you know animes that have uh inspired the game um well i i could say that you know i'm definitely a fan of of sword art online um i've well i, I think season one is the best the rest of the seasons are are a little bit uh wordy and overexposed uh with the exposition but um uh, when I look at when I look at UI and UX from those types of you know Hollywood or anime films, they're they're trying to display things visually in a way that looks cool. So, uh, for example, you know you have things like um, Minority Report with the gorilla arms, where it looks really cool to be manipulating UI in space in space, but like in in reality, you would never want to do that, right? Um, same thing with many of the game mechanics that you'll see in in games like uh or in in anime like uh sort of online or uh movies like ready player one like they they they're, they're things that people think would be cool but in actuality aren't that cool so things we take more inspiration from those games are more you know I, uh, games and, and other forms of media i would say are are more along the lines of aesthetics and what might look cool to people um, and less along the lines of like UX, 
specifically. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially because you know it. it you do tend to go for like these these types of medium like media. It feels like they're and why curiosity really comes from like you know what does that struggle look like to like you know try to see like take as much as you can from them as inspiration but you know also not completely copy and how are you finding out like you know is it just basic just testing like realizing that man this menu system from you know the automata or you know this other game like sure works great for the pancake mode but when you try to bring it in vr it's just too much work too much hassle like yeah it's um I, I wouldn't say we take any inspiration in terms of UX from from those. So there there's there's no struggle to be like, oh, this thing in near the UX the U the the UX on this is great. We'd like to bring it into uh, VR. Um, you know, when we look at things like UI elements, uh, then those are things that we'll consider bringing in, like the aesthetic, for example. Um, you know, we uh, like Near has a very nice, clean aesthetic, minimalist. Um, uh, I've been playing a lot of Genshin Impact lately, and sorry, uh, that that has a lot of um, you know, that has a lot of cool futuristic kind of clean-looking UI as well. So, so when we see cool ideas on the art side of things that we want to bring in, that's that's actually not too hard to port in. Uh, in terms of UX, we, we much prefer to look at, um, you know, AAA uh, VR games or, or popular, popular social VR games or popular VR experiences um, and then take what we can from there, uh, try it in our game, and then iterate on it many, many times to, um, to hit the kind of aesthetic that we're going for. So in general, we try to... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, um, we try to avoid actually having... We try to have the least amount of UI possible in the game. Um, you know, we want it to be... We have this massive, gorgeous, anime-inspired world that we want people to be able to explore freely, and so we don't want a lot of UI blocking, blocking their, their experience of the world itself. I like that way of approaching this um, because I think I, I just want to, I'm going to just jump into it because, you know, there's, um, you know, I was holding this question back for later, but you know what, let's just jump right, right, in, right into it. Orbis VR is one of those uh, really, you know, shout out to that team. They really took a huge leap of faith in trying to create their own VR MMO Um and when I played it, I remember feeling like, wow, this is the beginning of something amazing. But and here's the thing, you know, again, props to them for going on the forefront. But I felt like playing that game, 60% of my time in it was looking up at a menu <laughs> and managing my inventory and trying to learn like the best weapon combinations and the best and just like you know the community was great by the way everyone was super nice and friendly you know the, the but there was just there just felt like there was such a huge 
I don't know. It just feels like it was a. There was felt like there was a lot of work that I had to do to really enjoy the game, um, and so and it was because again it was just like there was it was just a lot of work to just manage the inventory and just and and learn how to like oh okay so how, what do I de- need to do to take up my sword oh I have to do this particular movement that isn't particularly um intuitive and and just a lot of little things like that um but mostly just the cumbersome hate to say the word cumbersome ui that i was just like struggling with and i had to leave the game after like five hours of really wanting to like it you know how how do you not run into that problem and i guess you already sort of let Mm -hmm. let mentioned a little bit about how you don't want you know the ui to really take over the world but you know talk to me a little bit more about um how you won't run into that that particular problem that orbis ran into uh well that's a that's a good question so um yeah i think i think first of all when we when we're building zenith you know we're trying to build kind of an experience that's unique and um so like I have a lot of respect for for the team over at Orbis. I've actually spoken to Riley uh, several times via email. Super nice, super chill person, um, and gave me a lot of really great advice. Um, so what what I'll say is this: uh, you know, for us, we're trying to we're trying to have more of a action RPG feel to our game, um, which means that we'll we will focus more on uh, i don't know if you've played any like black desert online or anything like that but um there's a lot of really cool kind of combat at combat mechanics that and and ways to interact with the world that are a lot less um ui driven uh so like so you know i i think when we're talking about um ui management and inventory management you know uh there's still going to be some amount of that, but it's it's not going to be it's going to be in a way that's that's really presentable and um, hopefully mi- uh, minimalized. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Instead of having like, um, what one of our one of our design principles is not to overload the player with too many abilities. Um, you know, like it's it's not WoW where you have like. Uh, you know, F like hotkeys one through ten, and then you can press shift to have another ten abilities. Everything you're going to be doing in the game is very, uh, you know, you have a couple of buttons and a couple of gestures that you can do with your hands. And so, yeah, our goal is to essentially make the game um, as easy to use as possible without having to like. Uh, make the person interact with UI. Now, on the other hand, um, there's still going to be some some amount of inventory and UI management. Um, we're not going for like a full physically based UI because I think you know that would be um, that caters to a very specific uh, niche. And 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 one of the things that we're very concerned about when we're designing Zenith is is energy fatigue. So we don't want people moving their hands around to like you know grab like 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 a sword from the ground or pick bend things bend, bend over and pick stuff up and we just want to make it easy for people to to and accessible for people to to play the game mm. yeah um 
talk to me a little bit more about the the core fighting mechanics in terms of and and how you balance that idea of not um you know like uh for example like um you know that idea of 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 making sure that players uh don't use up too much energy or you don't run into that energy fatigue issue where um for let me try to remember a good game for this uh, or a good comparison like um in VR, there's this roguelike game called Until You Fall. Until You Fall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th that one is really, really good. Um, it has... Um, and then on the other hand, there's another one where it's like Blade and Sorcery. And Blade and Sorcery is more physics-based. Until You Fall is more sort of like time-based. And they're, they can, they're both a workout. And I'm trying to just figure out, like, you know, which one, you know, which approach would you go for in terms of, like, um, you know, is it, because I guess my, try, I'm trying to, because I guess the other way of looking at it is, like, something like Monster Hunter versus, um, what's another game that's, like, Monster Hunter versus, uh, like, Dark Souls? Where like Monster Hunter, I feel like you just mash, you just mash the button, <laughs> and then and eventually, eventually you kill the monster. Dark Souls, it it it, it feels like you're burning calories, where you're like really, <laughs> you really gotta like you know focus and and time yourself and really do the right combination of moves, um, and so I, in 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 Zenith, is it gonna be where like I'm just gonna have to swing my arm around? Um, in terms of the fighting mechanic, or is it going to be like, uh, or is there going to just be more st strategy or brute strength? I guess what your approach looks like on that front, it, it feels a little murky for me. And so perhaps you can, uh, uh it, you know, it enlighten me more would be great. Um, yeah, so we do have a, um, we, we released a, a, a short gameplay trailer recently that, that kind of shows off some of our melee combat. And um, so in it, you can see you can see mechanics like uh, parrying and blocking and and uh, attacking and you know um, we're trying to make it feel as physical as possible, but we're not going for a physics game. It's not going to be like Blade and Sorcery. We want it to feel physical, kind of like um, you know, like Swords of Gargantua or or until. You fall where where you have these blocking mechanics and it feels really good. Um, there is going to be like there is skill involved. It's not just about slashing. You're going to have to learn how to time your attacks. Um, one of the ways that we are you know we we minimize energy fatigue is by encouraging people to time their attacks in certain ways. Uh, you know while bear, uh, pairing blows and and trading attacks so that the newer sword fighting method is not is not rewarded. In, in the game um neither is you know swinging your sword like you're throwing a fastball uh because that gets exhausting really quickly right there's a lot of games out there that's like oh it's based on velocity uh but i i think in an mmo that kind of gameplay you know quickly leads to to exhaustion so so we're able to you know put some timing mechanics into our game to to ensure that the player is kind of going into this dance um with with uh with their their opponents it's it's funny that you mentioned dark souls um because one of the ways we pitch this to you know uh 
publishers and and uh, investors are um, that we're like dark, we're like Dark Souls meets World of Warcraft. Not in terms of like scope, because that would be crazy for our small team, but in terms of the game feel that we're going for, in that it's a visceral, action-packed, uh, uh, action-adventure type of, you know, um, uh, adrenaline-pumping gameplay mixed with a, the colorful open world of something like a WoW or Final Fantasy. Uh, obviously, that's the that's the part we're trying to draw comparisons from, not the bone-crushing difficulty of Dark Souls, because Dark Souls is... You know, it's it's known for being a merciless game that you just die over and over again. Our game is going to be a little bit more casual, at least in the early, like you know, during the grind, and then late game will become really challenging as you as you encounter you know party party events and things like that. Yeah, that's that's great. You mentioned party events because that was, that leads up to the next round of questions I have in terms of um, sure. How do you plan? What is your plans look like to allow for you know social interactions it's sort of like um smoother social interactions like how do you encourage that um or or is it one of those or do you have a, a plan for both where like yeah if you want to be a lone wolf be a lone wolf or is your thought thinking like thought process more like oh you know what we want to encourage teamwork so we want to do these sets of things so that that encourages players to actually find others to party up and go you know do quest and stuff together like you know what is your thought process on that well one thing i've always liked about vr is how you know tight-knit the community has been and you know chris i i, I know you've uh been there pretty much since the beginning i don't know if you remember but we actually interviewed when you were doing your podcast like many years ago oh um yeah 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 it's 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 crazy how it's been it's been like five or six years so i wouldn't i wouldn't expect you to remember but whoa really um, hold on we that's, that's that's crazy <laughs> um <laughs> huh well that <laughs> caught me off guard there <laughs> um where when was yeah, this <laughs> we were we weren't even working on the same thing back then it was a product it was called tribe vr and we were working on a social <gasps> uh social app yeah. that, that being in the same room with your friends and loved ones as if you were in the same place kind of like you know vr chat or big screen and um or some of these other things that have come out since then um that's what we were working on you guys and, were boost you know, vc company back then was it boost vc no, this is before Boost even started investing oh, in VR companies, I think. We hadn't gotten any funding um, at the time. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, that, that actually, you know, ended up not going anywhere. And then a couple of years later, we, try, I, we tried again. And, and, you know, this time we got into Y Combinator. And now we're backed by some of the, you know, best investor, gaming investors. And, you know, the CEO of Twitch and... Is, is is investing in us as well so it's really been we've really come a long way i'm sorry that was a really yeah i'm sorry to derail the, the interview i just no worries but congratulations and, and holy shit that's <laughs> i can't believe my mia culpa for forgetting that we've interviewed so long ago it's been it's been a minute but man because you know what vr five years six years in vr feels like 20 years yeah. you know so right. much has happened <laughs> um right but uh, yeah, congrats, oh. and please continue. Sorry for interrupting. I think that might have been DK2 days not before CV1 even came out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like 
the point I'm trying to make is like the, the community is so important inside VR. And so one of the things we're doing is we're already building our community VR discord. Now, you know, we already have 11,000 people in there that are really highly active and engaged. And, uh, that, that way, when we launch on day one, we have a lot of users that are already in there and playing the game. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, two types of, two types of ways people get to know each other in, in our game. And one is, Either they know each other from outside the community, they bring people in, and and then they just play together. Um, and then the other one is serendipitously in in world events and while they're adventuring through the world of Zenith. And so we have things that are uh, we have social features that are planned for both. You know, things like uh, friends are are more about can can be used for both. You know, adding people you see in the world, also just adding friends. Um, outside of the world, uh, other social structures like parties and guilds will facilitate, which, which will be that launch, will facilitate, um, you know, more group interaction. But we're also excited about, um, you know, just the random events that people will discover while they're exploring the world, both procedural and, and um, you know, scripted events. Things like world bosses, for example, um, where, where people will be able to just, uh, they don't have to be in a party or anything, they'll just meet at a certain location um, to fight a boss or, or, or do a certain event. Um, you know, kind of similar to things like Fates in Final Fantasy XIV and, and in Destiny, you have you have those flag, flag events, those rally points. Um, so we're hoping there's a mixture of both, like, in, in, our, in our content loop, serendipitous things, like the things I just described, as well as you know, your more traditional parties and friends lists and guilds and things like that. I'm very curious to know more about the dynamics between guilds. So, for example, like if I run it, like if I start a guild, um, what's the maximum amount of players that a guild could have? Um, will there be sort of like guild versus guild sort of events? Um well, yeah, is is it some is like will will certain guilds have different, you know, avatar features or costumes uh, that others won't? You know, t tell me a little bit more about that dynamic between guilds. Yeah, um, well, basically, uh, we have a lot of stuff that we have planned for 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 the guilds features. Um, at launch, it's probably going to be pretty basic, uh, just. Uh, you know the the guild features that you would you would see in in an MMORPG. Just just a way for people to build groups together and uh, you know seek each other out and and schedule events and and and, and participate in, in in events together. Um, you know, longer term, uh, a lot of people have expressed a lot of interest in things like guild, uh, you know guild housing guild specific events, specific types of guilds and things like that, guild wars, things things of that nature that we're really excited to explore. Um, you know, uh, building an MMO in VR is, is a monumental task in and of itself. So we want to focus on getting the real core game loop really good first before we, we explore uh, further features but but definitely um in the pipeline i would expect there to be you know a lot of really awesome guild customization features and guild ranks and um things like uh uh you know guild bonuses and 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 um 
guild transmogs and and things you can do to customize your character um you know i think those things would all be really really cool to explore yeah they're yeah it's making an mmo for vr lee um when you say that um a lot of people have these ingrained expectations and i before i and before i walk into that question because it's a big one another one that i that will that will lead up to that one is um eve online has this like economy um that's very core to this mmo experience um i'm wondering if you if this is something that's crossed your minds um you know how would you even implement an economy um and sort of again if this is you know what are your, what are, what's your thoughts on having an economy inside of Zenith and having players trade you know you know monster skins or or have bounties on each other like it cuz it it feels like the um like if <laughs> if I'm a guild leader and I have a there's a player out there that's like you know just causing mayhem, then maybe I can put a bounty on <laughs> bounty on that person, and it would just yeah. have this like add to the sense of drama. Like, like yeah. I'm I'm curious to know more about how your what your thought process is when it comes to adding an economy types of features into the into the experience into the game. Well. Um... You know, I, 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 I think when, when I look at player economies, um, I think they're, they're key to any thriving MMO. Uh, that being said, I don't think we are an, an e, at, at EVE levels of player economy with where we want to take this, at least not in, initially. You know, um, EVE is basically, the whole thing is, is the player economy, right? Like... Like everything is about farming ISK and like killing, killing, doing bounties and and destroying enemy ships and and PvP and um, resource gathering. Um, our game is going to be more similar to to games like uh, you know Final Fantasy fourteen and and WoW, where there there are um, really gorgeous curated areas to explore. Um, and there will be an element of, of the player economy on it, but it will probably be um, restricted at first. So it's not going to be like you can sell anything and buy anything. It's going to be more like there are certain items that aren't soul bound that are sold. Because because if you if you design a game around the player economy as a whole, um, it's it's going to be very going to be very complex. The, the 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 economy will take all of your design time and, and all of your efforts, basically. Um, and what we're really focused on is building like a really strong uh, core game loop, making the combat feel really fun, making progression feel really awesome. Um, but that being said, we do have plans to, to have things like trading and auction houses and, and things like that. Um, it'll just be probably more similar to something you would see in, in, in WoW or Black Desert um, than you would see in something like Eat. Can you tell me more about progression? You know, what does your design mind take you when you when it comes to progression? Like, how do you how do you make it so that um, players are, feel constantly satisfied about their progress and they don't feel like there's um, 
um, there's like uh, the game is too grindy or uh, yeah, just you know, walk me through what that my you know what that looks like inside your mind. Um, well, first of all, if we make the core combat really fun and exciting and visceral, like it, it won't feel as grindy, um, and that's kind of that's why we're we're focusing on that, making making the gameplay feel really fun. Um, in terms of like making progression feel fun, um, I think it's all about layering loops on top of each other uh, to really nail that you know one last quest, one last I have to do one last thing in the game feel, you know. So so you're always close to your next kind of goal and sub goal and then you have these sub goals that build up to like larger goals like leveling up or or you know advancing down down your your skill tree and things like that um so it's all about really kind of layering things together so it's not just about leveling your character it's about pursuing a bunch of sub goals at the same time um and those sub goals are seem much more obtainable or achievable um uh, you know, we haven't announced a lot of our progression systems yet. Um, by design, we're kind of waiting until we get closer to, to launch to, to talk about those things. But we're really excited because we think it's very innovative in a way that, um, you know, never been done before in, in VR. Um, one thing I will say is one thing that we think is really cool is the idea of having uh, each class be able to play a different role. Uh, or multiple roles. So the idea being that you can have a melee class like our Blade Master uh, um, that can play tank, DPS, or support. You can play all three of the you know quote unquote holy trinities um, inside uh, inside an MMORPG, and you can also have a mage that tanks, for example. You know, so so every class will be able to play um, one of these main roles. Um, and 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 so that's 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 a way to kind of uh, encourage people to try out different roles as they're progressing through through the game. But yeah, we're really excited about the way that we're we're implementing progression. We think it's going to allow for a lot of customization. Um, and you know, we're working with some world class game designers that have had experience working uh, as as lead designers on um, you know one of our one of our. Uh, uh, advisors was the lead lead designer is the lead designer on cryptic's new mmo uh the magic the gathering mmo that they're working on and um, um they've been helping us out with a lot of you know the the content loops and game design so so really really excited to have have people try it out that's awesome and uh i think you did mention that there's people on your discord and there are already people trying out an alpha version of it or a demo um how are you taking their feedback uh, in applying it into your designs and the game overall? Like, what does that look like? Um, well, how do you know whether someone is giving you valuable feedback? Um, and I'm just sort of walk me through that workflow and, that, and, your, and again, your thought process on what, how you approach getting user feedback to incorporate into Zenith. Um, so we had a pre-alpha that we ran um, wow, this was back in, I guess, uh, starting in late March, I believe. And we ran that for about two months. Um, we haven't, uh, to our Kickstarter backers, we haven't shown, uh, we haven't shown a new build of the alpha, um, to the wider, uh, Kickstarter audience or the, the wider audience as a whole, um, since, since the pre-alpha. But what we have done is run smaller, 
moderated user tests, both internally and with people um, outside of uh, ROM and VR. So the way that we typically, during the pre-alpha, the way that we would gather feedback is we had a, we had a, uh, a basically a place like a support ticket forum where people could just, it's called user echo. People could just post their bugs and the issues and their suggestions on, on that forum. And then we would see it and we would, as we saw that, saw them, you know, if they were easier bugs, we would resolve them. And, um, uh, we also ran a weekly survey or bi-weekly survey every two weeks, um, rating things like from one to five on gameplay, sound, um, graphics, and and uh, stability, just to see if we were trending in the right direction as we were improving the game as we were working on the pre-alpha. And you know, thankfully we were. Um, uh, so so there, that, I guess that's two types of feedback that we try to we try to gather. One is just like survey feedback. Um, I guess three. So one is survey feedback. The other is like feedback from bugs that are submitted via user echo. And the third um, is the moderated user testing. And that's where we usually get our best insights um, because we get to sit down with the user in VR and ask them very in-depth questions. Um, oftentimes what users will say in, uh, in a forum or in a play test doesn't point to the actual issue they're experiencing. So what we're really trying to understand is more of the feeling they're getting and less about their specific advice to the game, right? Like if, if for example, if their advice, if, if, if they say that the game is too hard to play, that might not, and, and you know, they want, they want to just be able to do noodle sword fighting. That might, that doesn't mean we go and implement noodle sword fighting. That probably means that we haven't uh, our first-time user experience isn't doing a good enough job of teaching them how the game works. Um, so it's yeah, it's more about like hearing the feedback and then parsing it for what what they're actually experiencing rather than taking it at face value. Um, yeah, it's 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 really important that you're that you're taking that approach. And again, uh, peeking back or taking a step forward on, on this and, and, and going back to a question I had earlier about sort of expectations when um, and how do you temper the expectations that people have? Because when they hear MMO, um, they have all these like thoughts about, you know, even me, like I'm thinking EVE Online, I'm thinking World of Warcraft, I'm thinking like uh, some of the most just, just, and these are, these are games and experiences made with like, you know, dozens hundreds of people in the and, and and so what do you do to you know give people that 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 fix that for lack of a better word that mm -hmm. experience but at the same time you know let them know that like hey it's it's not that yet you know but maybe it will be uh, what do you how do you go about figuring that out how do you walk that path that line, that fine line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, we have always tried to be really responsible with, with our marketing and, and the things that, that we say. Um, uh, you know, our world size, the, the game features that we'll have in the game. Um, uh, I think it's important to note that there's probably a couple of core features that if we know right, well, it'll feel like an MMO. Um, and that's what we're focusing on. That's why, why we want to have really good progression loop. We want to have really good 
like systems for uh you know getting um you know that that loot progression so it feels like you're getting really uh awesome loot and upgrading your items and and you feel like you're getting mastery of the game um i i like to tell people that you know initially what we're trying to do is we're trying to be the ultimate online of vr not the ready player one like we have long-term ambitions where we want to become much bigger than just an mmo uh, and it's it's funny because like an mmo is already pretty big right <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about um when you think about the first mmo it was ultimate online right that was started by a team of five people um eventually it grew to like 20 or 30 but that's still relatively small compared to today's uh you know wow or on 14 or even genshin which is not a strict mmo but has some mmo like mechanics um that's still relatively small so so that's what we're trying to be uh we're not trying to build the entire entire world um we're, we're trying to just be a small kind of scrappy team that can build something that's really compelling by being hyper focused on a few of the important kind of core game loops yeah that makes a lot of sense and i think i'll we're down to the last couple questions and i'm curious to know more about like um there's so many emotions that you can design for in VR. I think this is something that I'm starting to learn more about and explore the idea that like um, it's not just about it's not just about like um, the visual content, the aesthetic. It's about what kind of emotions the users, the players are getting while they're in there. And and some games or experiences in VR or even pancake mode that are you know they'll they'll they'll, pro, they'll invoke horror fear <laughs> other others are 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 more like funny i mean i'm thinking phasmophia or um mm -hmm. and then on the other end there's like the rick and morty experience where it's just ridiculous like yeah it's just a wide spectrum and so where do you find zenith on that spectrum of emotion that you're designing for so that your users like you know like on, on one end like what what does one extreme end look like versus the other? Like, is it like, because when I think of the sense of adventure, I'm thinking like suspense. I'm thinking like, uh, oh man, I barely made it from that encounter with that giant monster thing. And, um, but I feel like I need more time to think about, To I feel like I've, I, I, I've lacked the experience in a lot of MMOs. I haven't spent hundreds of hours in MMOs and, you know, I'm, Perhaps the other spec side of the spectrum is, you know, like a feeling of belonging, of community, of like, oh, my guild, Definitely. my my tribe. Um, so I'm just curious to know, like, how are you, you know, what emotions are you in, are you trying to design for? And, you know, to perhaps mm -hmm. tell me more about that. Well, as, as you've heard, um, you know, like for, for a very long time, I've been really interested in social experiences, starting from the, the Tribe VR like five or six years ago. Um, what uh, uh, the other thing is, I actually got married to my wife in uh, in a VR, in an MMO, in Final Fantasy XIV before we got married in real life, which, which was funny, right? Congratulations. Um, but, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. But... But the point is that um, for, 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 for me, it's all about community and belonging. You, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, so when we want, we want people to feel like they've come home, you know, when, when they've come, when they enter Zenith, that, 
And no matter what crazy stuff is going on outside of the world, here is an environment where you can come home, you feel like you belong, you feel like you have a sense of purpose. Um, we really want to provide that kind of social connection and social bonding that's so powerful in VR, but also in many other games that, that makes you feel like you're actually accomplishing something with a group of like-minded people. Um, and when it really comes down to it, we just see the game mechanics within Zenith kind of being that shared um, hearth or that, 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 that fireplace that people can congregate around, you know, looking way back into to, to ancient times, you know, like you have, you always had something that people can, can kind of congregate around and relate to. And, and so I think that's the difference between games and, uh, you know, VR, uh, social spaces like, like VR chat is, is in games, there's something that you can discuss and, and be around. Um, and so that's what we want the core game mechanic and Zenith to reflect. Yeah, this is this is awesome. I feel like um, I feel like I, as we speak in real time, I'm like it's hitting me. Like, yeah. well, this is gonna be awesome because um, on the one end, look, VR chat's amazing. I love VR chat, but sometimes I wonder, like, what am I doing here? I'm just hanging out, staring at myself in the mirror with other people, you know. And, and that again, it's like yeah. not as a, anything inherently wrong with that, but like. I always feel more connected with others if we're working in a team towards an objective. Like I was just playing um, Star Wars Squadrons with my little cousin and we were both being yeah. like coordinating and I'd be like, hey, I got someone on my tail and I'm doing loop-de-loops around and he'd be like, I'll be right there. Awesome. And it just, and it's like, oh shit, he saved me. And it's, and it feels really good. Um, and so Zenith, like besides fighting monsters and completing quests, you know, what other sorts of things you envision people doing um, in with the social features? Like, do you think that there's going to be like a, a dance stage and people are all of a sudden going to be like performing for each other? Or like <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. just or, you know, maybe there's things that you don't expect. So I'm curious to know, you know, what you are anticipating or who knows? I don't know what might come from that because it's so human connection is so hard to explain and so hard to figure out how it yeah. all works so yeah. yeah tell me more uh sure so um that's those are great questions um in terms of well first of all i would argue that everything needs a core uh experience to gather around um if you look at the social apps that have succeeded um vr chat being an obvious one and rec room being another one but um, VRChat, for example, does have like some core experiences. So they have an SDK where you can kind of build out funny like games or small things and build your own environments. And also, obviously, avatars are huge in VRChat. Um, so I think that's the core experience. Basically, memeing. <laughs> like people, most people like in VRChat like bond over just like being silly and memeing together, um, which is something you can't do on on a lot of other social platforms that are trying to be more like you know, the Facebook of VR or whatever, which probably should be left to Facebook because they probably have a pretty big head start on that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so like, so for, for Zenith, um, outside of traditional quests and, and, and the gameplay, we will have things like life skills, you know, um, cooking is one we've announced, uh, but we've had a lot of other cool things um, that, that are unannounced. Um, cooking is an awesome, 
be a cool one because it, it opens up the possibility to maybe sharing a meal with a friend in VR and 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 instead of just having you know a colorful plate there eating it would actually give you some in-game benefits right so you know you could imagine people serving dishes at their in the, in their houses or things like that to to kind of buff their friends and things like that um uh, we also have a lot of different want to have a lot of different social spaces and emotes for for players to play around with um customization avatar customization is also something that that we really want to plan um the long arc of our game is that long term we want zenith to be the the seed for people to create their own experiences off of um so you know like like we want people to be able to create their own worlds kind of similar to vr chat and their own their own gameplay loops and own, own gameplay mechanics and and kind of eventually be able to release those on on our on our platform which is a which is a huge undertaking which is not something which is why it's not something that we're going after today but you know if you look at the long term that's kind of what we want to do is enable and give people the tools to create their own kind of social spaces and, and interactions i would love that i i'm a big fan of things like um steam workshop for like left for dead or half-life alex where People are making like the other day I was playing Bioshock, but with Half-Life Alex, you know, content, and it was amazing. It was great, and uh, or the, there's a Golden Eye level for Half-Life Alex, and and then for Left 4 Dead, there's like a Resident Evil 2 mansion where you can play with your friends, and it just uh, and those games and the way they went about it made it is makes makes me really excited for what will come for you. Um, because it's going to be awesome. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time. I think we're going to run things, uh, start bringing things down to a close. I have one last question. Um, sure. And, you know, it's it's odd. I feel like maybe we met at SVVR, and I think I think that's where... Yeah. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, we did, I think. <laughs> Something like that. Thank goodness. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's your... You've, you've seen a lot. You know, you've 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 been yeah. through you've been through a lot, and I'm just curious, um, like what have you learned? You know, all these years trying to get yourself um, a firm footing and looking for a way to add value to the metaverse, and and you know, just yeah, I'm just curious to know, like you know, what lessons have you learned? You know, these past five to six years as a as so, as a founder, as a as a creator, as someone who, I mean, yeah, man, you've come a long way. I'm so I'm so I'm so pumped for you. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, it's a um, you know, it's funny to think of myself as like an old timer in VR because like it was not that long ago, but five or six years in VR is really long for most people. Um, you know, I remember it's like the real. Like, there's like Sonic Bruce and Carl Krantz and a lot of people, like people that have been there for like before VR was like really a thing. Uh, um, and it's just been amazing to see it grow over time. Um, one thing that I've learned is to not buy into all of the hype um, or not, not be sucked into the whole media expectation thing of like people expecting VR to be like mobile, right? VR is not on the trajectory of mobile. It's not going to become like the iPhone tomorrow. It's following something that's is stable and there's now a good business case to be made around it. But in terms of structuring our business, it's all been about survivability. 
um, because the longer you can last, the closer you can get to the point where um, we think VR becomes kind of this viable platform. Um, uh, and we're really excited about things like, you know, you, you have the high end stuff like the index, right? But now you also have like Quest 2 coming out, which is going to be amazing for VR. Um, and so people say this every year, like this is going to be the year for VR. But, you know, I think it's just going to be a series of um, steps up and you just have to make sure that you can, you're there for the next step. Uh, a lot of companies came in with the promise of building the metaverse overnight, raised millions and millions of dollars. And then, you know, they disappeared in like two or three years because they had crazy amounts of burn rate. Um, for us, we're trying to be very, very efficient with how we're spending our money um, so that we can, we can kind of uh, build, build the right product without, without like burning everything right away. I'm sold. I I want to uh, support you hundred uh, percent. This is awesome. I'm so excited. Um, how can people? Well, first, uh, when is Zenith scheduled to come out? Or do you have any updates on that for people listening uh, or watching about 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 the game? Like anything you might want to share regarding that? Well, I think the best way for people to stay engaged is to join our Discord. Awesome. Um, so I can send you that link via email. Um, the Discord has, we have a wonderful moderating team and I do, I personally do, and, and me and people on the development, developer teams do ask me anything on that once a day where we'll just answer like the top most upvoted question. Um, we're currently in our alpha phase and we're hoping to release pre-orders soon that'll allow people to kind of support us and back and get, get the game. And what the pre-order will include is also so access to our closed alpha and closed beta uh, when when the game becomes available. So you guys will be able to test the game early, give us feedback and, and things like that. Um, don't have an, a date on when we're going to release that stuff yet, but uh, it should be, you know, it should be, it shouldn't be that much longer. And we're targeting a, uh, a 2021 release, full release for, for, for Zenith. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get more specific than that because I've kind of been, I've gotten bitten before by like committing to, to things and then missing the date. So, but, but we're confident about a 2021 uh, release and hopefully it's, it's earlier rather than later. Well, I'm super excited. Um, how can people stay in touch with you and follow up with all the cool things that you're up to these days and all that good stuff? Yeah, the best way to follow me is to uh, actually, um, you know, we I, I don't have much of a social media presence. I have to become a Twitter influencer, I guess. But Zenith <laughs> MMO, uh, you know, follow follow that. The, that's the kind of the game uh, game this uh, Twitter handle, and we we post updates to there all the time, and I also check it all the time. So, Andy, it's been it's been an honor and a pleasure uh, to finally run into Thanks, you please. once again. Um, serendipitously I, in the metaverse and um, yeah I really appreciate your time thanks again for watching everyone or listening on iTunes Spotify Stitcher SoundCloud all the good stuff um, and I'll see you all in the metaverse